David one time, do you know what David one time said? He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That's a prayer that David gave. Uh, how many here have been born again for one year? Raise your hand. It's been a year. Born again. You got born again one year ago. Raise your hand. Or less than one year. Or less than a year ago. Raise your hand. Okay. Two years. Three. Two. Three. I led you to Christ Jackson, right? Was it at the... Were you one of the people at, at the soccer boys? Okay. I remember that. Three. Interesting. Four. How many have been born again for four years? Four years. Five. Okay. Six. Seven. I want to see something. <laughs> Seven. Raise your hand. Seven. Okay. Eight. Nine. Ten. Ten years. Let's go. Anyone who's been born again for 10 years? 11? 11 years, Zach? Or 10? <laughs> How many years have you been born again? 14. Amazing. Uh, no one 15 years and above? <laughs> or others just been on and off? <laughs> Today we give our lives to Christ, the following week we just take it back. So, the reason I'm saying this is because we've been born again, uh, majority of us, quite, majority of us are quite young in the faith. There are some who didn't raise their hand, I don't know when they got born again. Either they're not saved, or just don't remember. I would like to assume it's the latter. Now, the reason why I'm, I say that is because when you get born again, there is a certain level of excitement for the things of God that you may have. I don't know if some of you can remember the excitement you had when you got saved. Yeah. Some, some people just wanted to be in church, right? Yeah. Some people felt like school was wasting their time. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that, right? You just wanted to... I wanted to just be where everyone was, where people were praying. That's how I found myself actually in Scripture Union because I was just walking uh, somewhere. I think I was just walking, I just gotten food and I was walking and then I just saw people praying at, at break time. Mm. I was like, my friends are praying at break time and I'm eating. <laughs> that was just like, okay, I'm done being at the tax shop. And I joined them. I asked them, oh, do you meet every day here? They're like, yes, we meet every, every day at break. I was there at break time every day. I wanted to be where people were praying. Because I just, you know that, that innocence that you have when you just want to know God. That <laughs> there's a certain level of being desperate for God that you get to have. That's why it's, that's, that stage, people are taken advantage of because they'll eat anything. You get it, right? They'll get anything. Someone will tell them, oh, for you to actually see angels, you have to labor in prayer for six hours straight. They will labor and not see anything. <laughs> so people will tell them, there are several things that people will say. The point is, there is a certain joy of salvation you get to have 
that if you're not careful along the way, you will lose it in the name of maturity. <laughs> in the name of growth. <laughs> oh, before maybe you were praying properly, you would pray for uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes straight. Now it's just, Lord, I love you. As you stretch in your bed, and just fumbata yourself. <laughs> and when you wake up in the morning, you just speak in tongue. And then you go your way. <laughs> you see, if you're not careful, you will lose that excitement for God. You understand that, right? You will lose that excitement for God if you're not careful. And it's something that I have, I have I've been very deliberate. I think I do it at least about four times in a year where I get to assess my excitement for God. Am I still as excited for the things of God as I was 11 years ago, 12 years ago? Am I still as excited about praying as I was 10 years ago, as I was five years ago, as I was for some of you who've been born again just a year, as you were a year ago? Am I still as excited to read spiritual books as I was then? If the answer is no, then perhaps you've just lost the joy of the salvation. And that's a dangerous place to be at because a lot of people... Do you know that there are certain people who don't pray in the name of maturity? We are mature believers. <laughs> there are certain people who don't... They are not deliberate about spending time with God because they are mature believers. No, they, they, they believe, you know... Um, I don't have to pray to, I, I, I have all things in Christ Jesus. Yeah, of course you have them. We don't pray, the reason we pray is not because we want to get anything from God. He gave us all things in Christ Jesus. You understand that, right? Prayer is not an avenue for us to actually get things from God. Because he gave it to us already. However, if that's your motive for prayer, I remember one time, one time someone asked me a question to say, uh, let me not review certain things before someone ends up giving a testimony in front and then you all know, Pastor said this, that, what, that, day. <laughs> so it is wrong. Don't lose the joy of your salvation. Do you remember the parable of, of, of the sower? The Bible records that there were certain people who received the word of God with gladness, with joy, right? It's showing us a picture of how the word of God should be received. If you don't receive God's word with excitement or with joy, then perhaps your love for, for, for God has become cold or your love for God's word has become cold. Are you listening? And if your love for God's word has, been, has, has become cold, pray that God restores to you the joy of your salvation. One of the times, I remember there was a time, um, I started reading spiritual books quite late. I didn't start early like, a number of people because the number of people once they get born again maybe someone will send them books and start reading immediately i didn't start Im reading immediately because i've never been a huge fan of reading per se <laughs> you understand right yeah because even when i got born again i would pray but not read my bible <laughs> i would speak in tongues praying was not a problem stretching in prayer give me a bible to read Five minutes into it, I'm already yawning. What's this? I can't bacha an Isaiah. You know what I mean? I'm confused. <laughs> What's this? 
And then when I meet scriptures that I love, I'll just, I'll just be there. When the enemy comes, probably like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard, like oh, it will just be there. Like those are the scriptures we just knew. <laughs> and some scriptures, we only knew them because when, when, when someone is actually giving prayer points during intercession, the violence, you'll take it by force. You don't even know what it means. <laughs> you just believe what's about to grab things by force. And That's all we were doing. <laughs> Those are the scriptures we were meditating on. Until I actually sat down and, and I began to, you know, I, I had to force myself to read the Bible. I would sit down and just force myself to read the Bible. I've started teaching, but I'll give you a sermon title after. <laughs> I had to force myself to read the Bible. If I didn't understand it, I'll go back and read it again. I'll get this translation, that translation, and read them one after another until I understood. Where I didn't understand, I would ask questions. There are people I would bother, please. I feel sorry for them till now. How much I would bother them. I would call, go to their homes, just so they can explain to me what, what, what Isaiah is, is saying here. What is Daniel's? Explain the books, the books of the prophets. If you don't understand biblical prophets, you'll be confused. <laughs> You will be. Mm. You will hear Daniel say this. You will hear Zachariah say that. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Anyway, don't lose the joy of your salvation. That excitement that you had, go back to it. Mm-hmm. That excitement, like I, I, was, I was saying, I, I never used to read a lot of spiritual books. However, when I got to read, when I started reading spiritual books, I remember. There was a time, maybe let me give you an example of um, my man of God, Apostle Fred's books. I've read all of them, all right? Some I've read them before they were released, but I've read all of them. There is no single book by my man of God that I didn't read. I think the most is in two sittings. Either I'll just, when I start reading half of it, the other half will finish it after. Most of them I'll just read at once. <laughs> I'll start from chapter one, no, stop when the book is done. And I, would, I started doing that with almost every book I would get. I would sit down and read like my life depended on it. The scriptures that I refer to in, the, in, in, in that book, I would go open my Bible and begin to read, to understand. And do you know what I would do? So that I'm not deceived. I would read for the sake of context. So if, if someone just says John 3.16, I'll start from verse 1 just in case one has misunderstood what they're writing about. <laughs> I'll read from verse 1 to see the context. What is this scripture talking about? Because there are certain people who get just one portion of scripture. Do you remember in, in, in Ecclesiastes 3? The Bible says there's time for everything, right? There's time to kill and a time to... What, what, remember that, right? I once heard a, someone preaching. And when they were preaching, these people who kill witches in prayer. Mm-hmm. When they were preaching, their, their, their reason for, <laughs> for teaching about killing people in prayer is just that portion, a time to kill. Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes. <laughs> just that, just that line, a time to, uh, just said, a time to kill, close your Bible. Mm. <laughs> he started preaching from that. I was like, oh God, what's this? <laughs> so for the sake of context, I started reading from the top. Mm-hmm. So I'm not deceived. Mm-hmm. All together. 
end, I came across a certain book by a dear man of God whom I respect dearly. However, I won't mention his name. Very famous. But when he wrote a particular book, I don't believe he was in line with God. It's not scriptural, the things he wrote. However, because I respected him so much, I got his book and I began to read it. And when I started reading his book, some of the things that I now know that they are not from God, I found them to be revelation. And guess what? He was backing some of those nonsense with scripture. So I found it to be revelation. I was excited. So excited, I went to um, another um, man of God who, whom I respect. And I started telling them, oh, by the way, you know, I was, read, I was reading a book by this person. Before I could mention the title of the book, no other man of God told me. Like, that, the books by this man of God throw all of them away. I was like, why? And they told me, this one, this one was lost. By the time I was writing this book, it was lost. And I knew that what I was, what I, what I was reading was just garbage disguised in scriptures <laughs> and that's why don't read every book you come across how to enter seven portals in one hour <laughs> no that don't read don't read every book you come across it's not for you how together the fact that the the title looks powerful doesn't mean it's for you mm-hmm. don't you don't know what you will get from there Imagine if God knew I was going to be a pastor. Imagine if, if the knowledge I'd gotten from one man of God who was lost. And I came in front and I started feeding all of you. Powerful revelation. <laughs> Profound. And you know, he was actually very convincing in how he, how he, wrote, how he wrote those stuff. I just won't mention his name. That's what you don't... <laughs> to protect the brethren. <laughs> Together. Yeah, so... Be careful the things you read. Be careful the same ones. I've taught you about YouTube ministry, the things you watch on YouTube. Be careful. Not everything is for you. Tell your neighbor, not everything is for you. (laughs) Yeah. And there are certain things, and I'll put it across this way. Do you remember that the disciples of John used to fast a lot in the Bible? The disciples of Jesus, on the other hand, you guys used to feast. <laughs> you understand, right? The disciples of John and the disciples of Jesus are two different. One used to fast a lot, the other, other guys used to eat a lot. One time they even asked Jesus, how come your disciples don't fast? <laughs> the point is, sometimes an instruction that is given to one person may not be applicable to another. There are things in the body of Christ that only work or that have been given to certain certain assignments or certain people. I don't know if you understand. I'll give you an example. One of of the people that I love dearly is um, now Bishop Oscar Mumba from Bread of Life. I think he's now pastor in Bread of Life, Kawe, right? I love that man of God dearly. I think the the first time I met him, I went to his office. I was in awe. I couldn't, I couldn't talk for like a minute. I just kept looking at him. <laughs> like, I'm actually meeting this man of God. It was very interesting. And then I asked him a bunch of questions. Because he just told me, you actually have five minutes. <laughs> and I asked him a lot of questions in five minutes. He answered all of them. Yeah. So one of the things that when he was, when he was leading the youth ministry at, at Bread of Life, 
he introduced a certain culture of fasting at Bread of Life. Now, if you have friends, let's say, in the youth ministry of Bread of Life, you know that they fast a lot. I think the first 100 days of, of every year, they, they are on a fast. They go on 100 days fast. When they are done, they go on 50 sometimes. They're done 40, 90. Now, that doesn't work for everyone. I can't come here like, oh, I love how it is there. All of you, 10, 100 days. <laughs> on a max go, start, we start tomorrow. <laughs> Some people will leave the ministry. <laughs> Me, I've been trying to gain weight faster. <laughs> The point generally is, but is there anything wrong with fasting? No. It's very spiritual. However, I can't impose, just because I love what, what Reverend Oscar does, I can't impose it on, on the people God has given me. I only come and teach what the Lord has told me we should be doing. So the point is, sometimes you listen to certain things from other ministers, uh, because look, as much as we can deny it, people have access to any pastor they want to now in the world. So as much as we can deny uh, you can listen to a particular minister and they may tell you they do things a certain way. It doesn't mean that's how you should do them. Are we together? Mm. Yeah. I once heard, a, for example, I once heard a, a minister, oh, let me not say much. The word of God. I said Proverbs, right? Yes. <laughs> I've said a number of things today. Mm. Proverbs chapter number four. <laughs> Proverbs chapter number four, verse seven. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 7. The Bible says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Tell your neighbor, wisdom is the, is the principal thing. So, wisdom is the principal thing. It says, Therefore, get wisdom. It says, Get what? And then it says, And in all you're getting, get understanding. That's beautiful. It says, In all you're getting, get understanding. Do you know that if you have something that you don't understand, you'll misuse it? Do you know, even, <laughs> even this, look, I'm one person who teaches the, about the grace of God. And I do believe in it strongly. But if you don't understand God's grace, you will use it as a license to live carelessly. When it's not. How together? You can't, there are believers, I've, I've met brothers, as in, in church, six exes. In that other church, three. The other one, so we're under grace. <laughs> what do you mean? The fact that you're under grace, I mean, you should live carelessly. It says, get understand. So what you don't understand, you misuse. So if you don't understand, even the grace on your life, if you don't understand it, you either underuse it or misuse it. it says, in all you're getting, in whatever it is you're getting, get understanding. And you can apply this in any area of your life. Whatever it is that you want to do, get understanding. Are you together? You want to go into business, get understanding first of how that business works. You want to go in school or you want to pursue a particular career, get understanding of how that, that career works. Praise the Lord. You want to serve God, get understanding of how, how, how you are supposed to serve God. You know that there's actually a way of serving God. You just can't serve God at your own terms or how you feel like there are people who have resolved to serve God when they are free. That's not service to God. Just, just you when you are free, when you are, when you are busy, God is just never on your schedule. Nah. It says in all you're getting, get understanding. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this, I, 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 you probably maybe see the same title. 
on the podcast. The reason why I'm, 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 I've started with, with this scripture is because the Lord wants you to understand exactly what the Bible says about you. And the Lord wants you to understand exactly his thoughts towards you. I've taught you before, until the word of God becomes personal, it will not work for you. Until it, beca- until it becomes personal, it won't work for you. It's like, in this room, eh? if, I, if I ask a question, how many here know God loves you? Everyone will raise their hand, right? Unless you don't believe it. <laughs> Everyone will raise, will raise their hand that God loves you, right? But the question is, has God's love for you become personal to you? As in, do you actually believe that because you are loved by God, there are certain things in life that you shouldn't go through? <laughs> Is it, has God's love become a personal revelation? Like, oh, God loves me. God loves me enough for this thing not to hurt me. Has the love of God become that personal to you? Or it's just general. Like, you know, God loves us. God loves all of us. We're always children. That's what people believe, eh? We're all children of God. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is a child of God, but anyway. Sorry for another day. Mm-hmm. It says, in all you're getting, says, get what? Understanding. So get understanding. Get the correct understanding of what the word of God said. And I'll say this. I've said this before, and I'll say it again today. Do you know that the word of God is actually the revelation of Jesus? It means if you, ha- if you want to know God or if you want to know Jesus, you have to go to his word to actually, to actually know him. The Holy Spirit will guide you through the scriptures to actually know the thoughts of Jesus, how Jesus handles things. All together. But the most amazing thing is this. The word of God is also a revelation of who we are. It means if you want to know yourself, you have to see yourself from the lens of the scriptures. It means... Any lens you see yourself with, that's outside the word of God, is a lie. I'll say that again. Any lens you see your life with, any lens you see yourself with, that is outside the scriptures, is actually a lie. As long as the lens you're seeing yourself with is not in line with the word of God, then what you're seeing yourself with is not how God sees you. It means if you want to see yourself the way God sees you, look at the scriptures. Look at the word of God. And that's why your appetite for the word of God must be very strong. Because when you're reading the word of God, you must be able to see yourself there. And like I said, like, like, like I tell you, when it comes to the word of God, you must decide who you, what you see and how you see yourself in there. You can't always be the woman with an issue of blood. Always want you to touch the home of his garment. If God doesn't touch me, I'll touch him. <laughs> Things believers say. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he's in you. <laughs> he doesn't have to touch you from anywhere. <laughs> he's come to live in you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, God lives in me. <laughs> Look at them, tell God lives in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is he touching you? Oh, from where? <laughs> Lay your hands on many details once again. Once again, where are you? Story for another day. Some songs. Jesus. <laughs> Look. <laughs> hmm? 
you need to tell yourself, the Lord's face shines on me. Praise God. His favor is on me. I think there things you need to declare yourself over yourself. God's favor is on me. The hand of the Lord is on me. Praise God. Yeah. So it means for you, you don't pray that God should touch you. You pray that God should use you to touch others. You were touched already. Are you listening? You were touched already a long time ago. It's like, the, like I always say, let, let me even, another thing I've always said. I don't believe that when you pray, oh God, come down. Where is he coming from? <laughs> come, Lord. From where? I thought he lives in you. Because if you ask him to come, when did he leave you? When did God leave? Keke, when did God leave you? <laughs> when you read... Luke chapter number 4, verse 18. Luke chapter number 4, verse 18. I love this portion of scripture. Because Jesus here was quoting from Isaiah. Luke chapter number 4, verse 18. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. All right? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Maybe let me pose the question. Okay. As well. Says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Says because He has anointed me. Right? Have you seen that? Right? He has anointed me. What to do? What number one? Read out loud. To, to do what? You're not reading out loud, and I can't hear everyone reading. Number one, to do what? To do what? Number two. This is not to grade one class, eh? <laughs> Let's read, like people know how to read. Number two, to do what? Yeah, so if your heart is broken, the Lord is there to heal your broken heart. <laughs> Praise God. In case you are going through emotional. <laughs> May the Lord heal your heart. <laughs> All the chambers of your heart. <laughs> Praise God. It says to heal the, the, um, the brokenhearted, and then it says to proclaim the liberty, to proclaim liberty rather, uh, to the captives, right? And then it says, and recovery of sight to the blind. And then it says to set at liberty those who, who are oppressed. And then verse, nine says, verse 19 says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then the Bible says, then he closed the book, right? And gave it to... Um, uh, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes, and then the Bible says, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. I think they are wondering why he quoted that scripture. All right. And then verse, verse, um, verse 21 says, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know why I love this portion of scripture? It's because Jesus, I've always mentioned this before and I've taught this before here. Jesus was able to recognize the fulfillment of scripture in his day. Jesus was able to recognize, because look, he said, today that scripture has been fulfilled in, in your hearing, right? Were the people set free there? Were they? <laughs> I 
answer. <laughs> it's a question. <laughs> At that time when he caught and told them this scripture for two days been fulfilled, were they set free? <laughs> People don't know what to say. <laughs> it's a trick question. It's how you answer in the exam room. <laughs> <laughs> it's, how you, it's how you guys answer in the exam room. Don't come for prayer at the end of the year. Pastor, we need. I'll be like, this is how you answer in church. That's how you answer even in class. And, ah, it's too hard for you. <laughs> so he says, number one, he said he was going to preach the gospel to the poor. Had he done it at this point? Had he done it at this point? Number two, he says, uh, he goes on to say he was going to heal the brokenhearted. Had he healed the brokenhearted at this point? And then he goes on to say he was going to set uh, at liberty those who are oppressed. Had he done it at this point? And then he goes on to say uh, to proclaim the acceptable way of the Lord. Had he done it at this point? So then, at what point was this scripture fulfilled in their hearing? <laughs> Think about it. At what point was this scripture fulfilled in their hearing? Because Jesus claimed that the scripture was fulfilled at that moment, right? But had he done it? No. What Jesus was trying to say there, he says, look, what you've been reading about, the, what you've been reading about there, the answer is now with you. You get it? So it means what you're seeing telling them was, was this. Now that I am here, what you are looking at is what I'm from reading to you. Hmm. To, in other words, I am the fulfillment of what you've been reading about. You guys have been reading what Isaiah said. However, what Isaiah was saying, you're not, you're not looking at it. So the Bible called him the word in flesh. So it means when Jesus walked, liberty for those who are oppressed was walking. So it meant if anyone was oppressed and they encountered Jesus, liberty, they had encountered the liberty that, that, that God prophesied about in the book of Isaiah. Are you listening? In other words, Jesus was actually the manifestation of prophecy in the flesh. He was prophecy on legs. He was walking like he was the, he was the living word in flesh. How together? So it means if blind eyes ever encountered Jesus, the blind eyes had to open because the fulfillment of prophecy was before the blind eyes. Oh, hallelujah. What has God said about you? That you're actually walking in a recognition. This, this is actually the fulfillment of prophecy in my life. Jesus knew. He didn't wait to die and resurrect and to, 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 to declare that it's now been fulfilled. While he was there, before he actually even opened any blind eyes, he says he's been fulfilled. <laughs> In other words, he declared, his declaration there made it possible to actually open blind eyes later. He didn't wait to open blind eyes first for him to declare that this scripture now has been fulfilled. He didn't wait to actually declare, he didn't wait for, for, for the brokenhearted to be healed uh, with him before he could actually declare that now this scripture has been fulfilled. No. The moment he just, the moment he just, he, he just saw that scripture and read it before them, it was fulfilled. He knew. There was no other way. Because what you've been reading about is now before you. Praise God. And that's the place where God wants to take us. That's the place where God wants us to be. Where we become the fulfillment of prophecy. We become the fulfillment of the living word of God in flesh. We become the fulfillment of everything Jesus has actually done. 
We can get to that place where dominion is no longer a theory. Someone can look at you and they can see dominion. Hmm. We need to come to a place where the grace of God is no longer something we, can, it is no longer something we, we, we merely teach. But when someone looks at you, they can tell the grace of God in action. They can tell, they can look at you, this is God's grace at work. Are you listening? Yeah. When we read, um, let me see if I can read another portion of scripture. <laughs> Jesus knew he was so much. He, he knew exactly. L- let, me, let me show you something. In John, John chapter number 6, verse 35. John chapter number 6, verse 35. I don't think, do you know one of the reasons why the Pharisees hated Jesus? It's because no man ever spoke like this man. The way Jesus was bold about his declarations. He was not timid. You see, the difference between the Jesus in the Bible and some believers today is simply what many people call humility. The believers of today are too humble to declare who they are. (laughs) Too humble to declare. (laughs) You've gotten straight A's. Someone saying, "Mm, your your brain, yeah, we try. Ah, how would Jesus respond? Would he he deny that he's actually intelligent? (laughs) He wouldn't deny it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Someone said, you are for money. Me. If you you saw my account, you didn't even say that. (laughs) Jesus didn't wait. (laughs) He he didn't wait. He didn't wait. There was a time when the Lord, um, I, I wanted to do something. I just can't share very, quite personal detail, but there, there's something I wanted, I wanted to do. And it required me to have a certain amount of money for me to do it. Now, the amount of money I needed and the amount of money I had were not matching. They were on opposites. You know what the flesh and the spirit are? <laughs> Why well, your bank account is reminding you of a radio frequency or something? <laughs> 82 point something. <laughs> it was bad. But the amount of money needed was something else. And then, you know, I'm in prayer. And the Lord... <laughs> I'm in prayer and, and, and I'm, I'm not asking for God to give me anything that moment. I am declaring that I have all things. The way we declare stuff, right? I'm, I'm declaring, I'm in prayer and I'm declaring, I'm declaring, I'm declaring. And then the Lord just told me, say, execute it. Mm-hmm. My, mind, my mind, I'm like, with what, Lord? <laughs> with what? Lord, tell me with what? Now, there was another person involved in it. So I told the person who was involved in it, I was like, okay, look, um, we'll begin to execute this in the next two months or so and whatnot. Guess what the Lord told me in that moment? You don't have faith. Told me, this is not the language, because faith is now. <laughs> I was like, mm, Lord, here. Well, I say, Vanna, if I just say... <laughs> <laughs> you see, I was waiting to see a sign 
that things are moving a certain way. God had, God had moved. It was my turn to move because God moved. <laughs> right there. And in that moment, when, that's, when the Lord told me, yeah, this, this is, and, and you know, sometimes, sometimes when the Lord gives me, or, or, or sometimes, even, sometimes when I need to, to do something and I speak a certain way, sometimes the Lord just says, ah, this, this is the language of unbelief. Ah, when the Lord said it, I just, I just moved. <laughs> moved and the resources came. They followed. Do you know why? Because the word of God draws resources. Remember, the word of God is a seed. You don't need to speak to a seed for it to grow. Plant it. it the, the seed and the ground have the chemistry beyond what you can imagine. And that is why you can find a mango tree growing anywhere. <laughs> no one has to water it. You just throw a seed there. And you just, ah, this is growing. When did it start growing? So someone just threw a seed there. And the seed knew what to do. And I'm here to tell you, God's word knows what to do in you. It knows exactly what to. It knows exactly what to do in you. And because it knows exactly what to do in you, all you have to do is simply agree with it. Just agree with what God has said. Don't wait. Jesus didn't wait for for things to be fulfilled there. In in in, in that very moment when nothing, nothing, there was no miracle ever worked. He simply came from the wilderness and went to the temple. And right there in the temple, he recognized what the Bible said about him. He read it to them. And guess what? He was, he, he was public about it. These are not secret confessions. <laughs> he was public about it. There are some, people, there's some, there's, there's some believers who wait for, for, at least, you know, you know the believers wait for signs. Ah, for, I was made a sign. I don't wait for signs. God has made me a sign. God has made me. I don't wait for signs from God. He's made me. When I appear, signs have appeared. No, Lord, give me a sign from where I am the sign. That's what Jesus has done for to me. He's, my God. John chapter number 6, verse 35. Ah, this man knew who he was. And he was bored about it. John chapter number six, verse thirty-five. Don't don't be too. See, don't have false humility. That denies who you are. It's false humility. It's false. It's actually pride to deny who you are. No, no, no. Don't expect too much from me. I'm not a saint. You are a saint. What do you mean, not a saint? <laughs> what do you mean? He goes. Look at Jesus. He says, Jesus said, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Bold about who he was. I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Not once in a while I am. Sometimes yeah, I, no, I, I am growing into the bread of life. I need to grow into becoming the bread of life. You are. <laughs> I remember one time the Lord told me, he said, he, one time I was, I was having a conversation with, with, with the Lord and I was asking him several questions and he just gave me one answer. He says, you are because I am. You cease to be if I, if I cease to be. Because he is, I am. That's already too big. So, and I'll, I'll leave it there. He goes on to say, he says, I, he says, I am the bread of life. He says, he who comes to me shall never, look at how, shall, shall never 
have you seen have you seen what is what is what is telling me here? He who comes to me shall shall never hunger. <laughs> and he who believes in me shall never thirst, shall never. In other words, you can be bold about says, because I have this, this shall never. <laughs> Jesus knew he was and he was bold about declaring it. He was not timid to declare who he was. He didn't wait for things to manifest. The bread, because look, the bread of life had to be consumed in that moment. Was he consumed at the bread of life there? No, nothing had taken place. But all he did was declare, I am the bread of life. In other words, those who come, if you believe in me, you will never thirst. He was talking to people who were not born again at that moment. At that moment, maybe you and I wouldn't, wouldn't have been so sure if they were going to spread that gospel. But he was telling them, I am I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never, shall never hunger. Never, not once. And now that we've come to him, we'll never hunger. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Say, so oh, believe me, shall never thirst. That was Jesus talking. And he's saying the same thing today. <laughs> are you listening? Don't wait for signs. You are the sign. I said, don't wait for signs. You are the sign. Yeah. That's our word for this week. You are the sign. We are signs. We are signs. And the reason why we work signs and honor is because we are signs. We are that sign that the grace of God has arrived. We are that sign that the glory of God is in our midst. We are that sign that God's prosperity can take place in believers. We are that sign that we are the sign that, that, that God, God is able to provide for, for, to, for you from, from, from start to finish. <laughs> we are that sign that the supernatural is possible to, to, to even, to, to, even to, to, to every believer. We are that signs that mountains can move if we speak. <laughs> we are that signs that we can, we, we can speak to things and things will obey. Just, I want you to make a prayer in, in, in a minute. Close your eyes. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, make my whole life a sign to my word. Make my whole life a sign to my word. A sign that you are alive. <laughs> don't, don't pray out loud. Just, just in a moment. Something is taking place from the inside. A sign that you are alive. You see, God wants to show the whole world that he's alive. He wants to demonstrate. See, there are people who don't believe he's, he's alive. There are but the only way the world will know is because if, if, if we demonstrate it. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Yeah. He goes, when you read certain books like, um, when you read John 14, verse 6, Jesus was bold enough to declare, saying, I am the, uh, he, he was bold enough to, to, to declare that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you see, the thing, you know the thing about that declaration? Jesus wasn't suggesting that he was one of the ways. He was saying he was the, he was the way, definite article. He was the way. In other words, the, he was simply saying there is no other way other than me. <laughs> bold enough to declare. How bold are you about your declarations about who you are? No, how bold are you? Oh, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. I think the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God consume my mind because I have the mind of Christ. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't struggle with sin. I don't struggle with worldliness because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I manifest forth righteousness. See, don't wait until certain things are gone for you to declare. 
You don't wait. You see, it doesn't change who you are. A child can go play where pigs play and become as dirty maybe as them physically. But it doesn't change the fact that that's a human being and those are pigs. You understand, right? It doesn't change the fact that that's a human being. And when you come there, you find both the pigs and the child are dirty. You don't treat them the same way. <laughs> you get the child and treat them like a child. <laughs> and you do the pigs like pigs. <laughs> this week, when I was one of the things I was meditating on, you remember that scripture? I think in, in, in I think it's in Matthew 7. Let me just check. Matthew 7, I don't want to give a wrong scripture. It should be in Matthew 7 verse something. If not, I'll give it at another time. I'm not exactly so sure about where it is. But it should be in Matthew 7 verse something. Hmm. I think I'll give it another time. I don't start looking for it now. But it should be in Matthew 7. Where Jesus talks about how he doesn't, um, he doesn't cast pearls on swine, swines. You know that scripture, right? Have you read it? What Jesus was talking about, he doesn't... In other words, what you're simply saying is, is, is that he doesn't throw what's valuable to pigs. I don't know if you've, you've read that scripture. How many have read it? Those who read your Bibles. <laughs> it is well. I think it's in Matthew. I'm not exact. I'll, I'll give it. I should, I'll, I'll post it in, in, in the church WhatsApp group. Yeah. You know, when I was meditating on that scripture this week, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about how what you're simply teaching in that moment is that he never throws anything that's valuable to him and then so it goes to waste. You understand, right? For example, when you've cooked a meal, maybe if you, if you keep dogs at your house and you've cooked a very delicious meal, you don't give the whole meal to the dogs. Do you? Mm -hmm. A whole chicken, you even grilled it. When you're done, ah, you will call Scooby. <laughs> and you just hand it over to Scooby to eat. You don't do that, right? But you're able to give that thing to a human being because of value. So I was thinking, when I was meditating on it, I was thinking to say, you know, that's how the word of God is. God doesn't throw his word to waste. The reason why he gives his word because he sees you as precious. So as long as you're able to hear the word of God, it just shows that you're precious. Your hearing of the word of God shows that you're precious to him because he will never waste his word. He doesn't do it. There are things you've heard after you got born again that you didn't hear before you got saved. They were, they were going to be a waste to you at that moment. He never threw them to you. Now that you're born again, you're able to receive certain things from him. Are we together? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, in, in John 11, verse 25, Jesus declared himself, or he, he declared that he was actually the resurrection in the life. Now ask yourself, at that point, had he resurrected? <laughs> How was he declared that he was the resurrection? <laughs> I said, how damn do you have to be? How do you, how do you, how do you bury someone who, who told you he was the resurrection and expect him to die? <laughs> Think about it. He told them I'm the resurrection and the life. He was bold about who he was. He didn't wait. 
By the time he was being, he, 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 he was being killed on that cross, he knew that he was going to rise. Because he knew, who he, he knew what he carried. He knew that his, his very life was resurrection. He did that when he, he, he declared that when he was going to, he was going to meet, when, when he was going to, to Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. And Jesus kept declaring I'm the resurrection and the life. Guess what? He didn't wait for the miracle to happen. <laughs> he spoke it first. And the miracle happened later. Don't wait. <laughs> Don't wait. Don't wait for the manifestation. Move because God says so. Move. Tell your neighbor, move. Yeah, move. Act. Act on the word of God. Act on what God has said. The Lord, the Lord has told you you'll be, you're supposed to be in school. You're waiting for signs that someone will pay for you first. What signs are you waiting for? You are the sign. <laughs> because they are born again, you are the sign. Don't wait. That's actually unbelief to keep waiting. Do you know that those who wait, they wait forever? <laughs> But those who actually act on the word of God, they don't wait forever. The word of God will produce results in them. Are you listening? God's word will produce results. If you don't wait, the Bible says to work out your own salvation. <laughs> no, work out your own salvation. How do you work out your salvation? <laughs> That's a story for another day, but you have to work out your salvation. Salvation has been... Do you know that salvation is actually a package? Are you aware? That salvation is just one thing. It's actually a package. In salvation, there's deliverance. That's why the person who is saved, they need to be delivered. Are you together? Salvation, there's healing. In salvation, there's restoration. There's everything in salvation. That's why when you come to Christ, you've received all things. But guess what? What you enjoy in salvation depends on what you work out. Not what is given you. And that's why there are believers who will cry to God, Lord, give me, 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 give me. And guess what they have? Nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> Another one will simply learn how to work out the word of God. And they will get the results that another one hasn't been getting for years. Oh, tell your neighbor, work out your salvation. I'll, I'll do a whole teaching on this before the year ends. On how exactly it should be done, or how exactly it's done. And one of the ways on how it's done, you don't wait for things. Praise God. You don't wait for things. One of the things that I learned quite early is that nothing will happen until I make it happen. And the scripture principle, nothing will happen until you make it happen. Jesus has already made certain things available. Make it happen through the finished works of Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't, you don't make it happen through your own works. He did everything. Rest in his works. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. I remember giving an example one time to say, if you're doing a boxing match, or rather, there was a boxing match last night, right? Was it? 
Another guy who was beaten. Anyway, guys don't watch sports. <laughs> it is well. I'm, I'm a sports lover. So there was a boxing match last night. You watched it? Or you heard the results? Okay. Yeah, so there was a boxing match last night. I think in Dubai or something. Now, imagine, let's say, you're in that scenario where you're in a boxing match, or rather, someone is in a boxing match. Because I, I assume no one here can actually do boxing. <laughs> so imagine, let's say, there was a boxing match and two people are fighting, one person wins. And they tell you, this victory is actually yours. Come and claim the victory. And they knew you go there, or the other person was lying down. You even wear your gloves and start hitting as well. <laughs> You're wasting your energy. The victory was won. Just simply get it. That's what Jesus did for you. You don't have to go there and start fighting things. Do you know that there's no scripture which tells you that you're even supposed to fight the devil? Not one exists. And so the people who are constantly fighting the devil, the reason is because they have their eyes on him. <laughs> Not on Jesus. If you set your eyes on Jesus, all you will see is victory. Are we together? If you set your eyes on Jesus, all you will see is victory. If you set your eyes on the devil, all you will see are battles. Powers from your mother's side. When you're done with them, you go to the power from your father's side. And then you recognize, ah, no, I, I didn't do... You see, sometimes you have to, have to ask yourself, the doors you keep breaking every time in prayer, who has the keys? <laughs> no, because look, think about it. Every day you keep breaking through. Who has the keys to those breakthroughs you keep wanting? I need a breakthrough in this area. Breakthrough. Who has the keys before you... Because you can't keep breaking through every time. Every time you have breakthroughs. Even giving testimonies. In church, God gave me a breakthrough. Then who had the keys? No, who had the keys? Can I tell you another testimony that I don't take serious? Maybe some of you have heard that. Have you ever heard someone testify that God gave them a job they didn't deserve? <laughs> have you ever heard someone give someone give some some a testimony like that? I wasn't even qualified, but the Lord gave it to me. You, that means you are not ready. No, because if you know where God is taking you, why aren't you preparing now? It means if in the next 15 years you know that God wants to raise you to become a director at Bank of Zambia or at a, at, at, at a big company out there, why aren't you preparing now? Why, why should it be a miracle 15 years from now? Why should it be a miracle? I don't take such testimony serious. And if anyone ever has testimony, I don't give it in church. Just go study. <laughs> To meet your job qualification and, and, and to, to meet your job requirement in the qualification. You can't give such testimonies. You're not serious. I didn't even deserve it. <laughs> Ma, just be in order. <laughs> no, you have, to, you have to be prepared. There are some things you're supposed to do now for the sake of where you're going, not for where you are now. You get it, right? Yeah. Where you are now may not match certain things, but where you're going, you need to do certain things now. Are we together? Yeah. Before I divert, Joshua 1 verse 8. 
Joshua 1 verse 8. Mm-hmm. I didn't deserve it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Next time you hear such a testimony, just laugh. <laughs> How much you give? Just laugh. Yeah. You are not read. Mm-hmm. You are not read. Mm-hmm. Tell your neighbor, be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Like I was the other time I was telling you to say, look, remember when Jesus multiplied fish and bread, right? It was a miracle, right? People went there without food, right? For the boy who carried food, was it a miracle for him? Why? He was prepared. It was a miracle for other people. So in other words, for the young boy, a miracle is different. Your preparation determines the level of your miracle. So for others, that having a meal was a miracle that day. <laughs> for the boy, it wasn't. <laughs> so it shouldn't be a miracle for you to have certain things in the future. It shouldn't. I didn't even know I'd be this. I'd reach this far. Ah, <coughs> uh, sir. <laughs> no, I'm not saying miracles don't happen like that. But then, the miracle should be. For example, you are studying medicine. It shouldn't be a miracle if later on you're a minister of health. Maybe the maybe the miracle should be for director general of WHO. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Minister of health. Why is the miracle? They've appointed you to be Minister of Finance because they have a degree in, in, in economics. It shouldn't be a miracle. Mm-hmm. Are we together? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So, your level, redefine your levels of miracles. <laughs> Praise God. Redefine it. The same way, for example, right in this room, to someone, if they're the 1,000 at the end of the month, to be a miracle. Another person wouldn't be. Right? Wouldn't be. Another mm-hmm. person, yeah, in one pin. It would finish within, within minutes. <laughs> They'll go to Hungry Lion <laughs> and everything else. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be. So, Joshua 1, verse 8, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your what? Let's read together. This book of the law shall not depart from your what? Your what? Does it say shall not depart from your heart? says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you must keep talking the word of God. What the word of God has said about you, you must be consistent in declaring it over yourself. It shall not depart. In other words, if it departs, then you are saying other things. But there should be no moment when what you are saying is not in line with what the book of the law has said. Are you listening? It says, it goes on to say, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And then it says, that you may observe to do. Have you seen that? That you may observe to do what? Read it together. That you may observe to do what? So in other words, you can't do the word of God if you've not been talking. The word you've not been speaking, you can't do it. The word you've not been declaring can't be your reality. So it can't happen. For the, word of, for, for the word of God, for a particular word. One time you know, I was having a conversation with the Lord. Do you know that there's such a thing called mastering revelations? Let me explain it a little. The same way, for example, in any field, there are people who've got a master's degree, right? They've become masters in that field, right? Do you know that in revelations you can become a master as well? You can grow to a point where you've mastered revelation. Think about it. How come the sons of Skepha couldn't cast out demons? Poor could. 
he had gotten master of a certain way about his, his authority in Christ. But even greater, how come Jesus didn't have to cast them out? The moment he appeared, they left. That's a different dimension. <laughs> Jesus didn't have to put his hand on someone. The moment he appeared, they manifested and they were running away. <laughs> You know why? Because now he had, he had become a master of everything. He had become the word in flesh in that moment. That the power of God was not just a teaching for him. He just couldn't just know six ways of manifesting the power of God. No, no, no. The power of God would become a as it, he was he was the very he was the very manifestation of God's power. When he walked, the power of God was walking. Ha, ah, Peter got it. When he was walking, even his shadow could heal. When Paul mastered it, he would remove aprons from his body and just take go heal. Are you listening? You master certain truths such, such, such that you become, you become the manifestation. You, you manifest God's word a certain way. What takes other six hours of prayer? You just have to wake up and do it. Ah. <laughs> certain dimension of God's power, God's glory, you can, you can, you can master them a certain way. You can. Praise the Lord. Yeah. When you go on to say, and then it says, you shall observe to do, right? According to all that is written in it. In other words, you can't do what you've not been meditating on. You can't do what you've not been speaking. You can't do it. The reason why some people are walking righteousness and others are, 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 are not is because those who are walking in it have been declaring it over and over again, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They've become conscious of it. Write this down. I'll say it first. And those who get it will get it. Consciously declare God's word so that you can unconsciously do it. Open a mask bedding consciously. Consciously declare God's word so that you can unconsciously do it. <laughs> There comes a point where you see your, your confession, you, you are conscious about your confession, you're you, you, you deliberate about, about confessing, but your actions, you, you don't even think about it. It involved, it, like it, you, you, you manifest God's word unconsciously. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, <laughs> for then, ha, ha. Look at your Bible. Let's read, let's read it together. It says, For then what? Let's read it together. You have a Bible, right? For then what? Who makes his way prosperous? Does God make your way prosperous or make your way prosperous? So if someone can make their way prosperous, others make their way in poverty. <laughs> you can make your way prosperous. <laughs> And then you have good success. Not just success, but good success. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yeah. I make, I make my way prosperous. Yeah. You can make it prosperous. Deliberately making your way prosperous. That's why I mean success. It can't be an accident. Getting somewhere. Ah. When someone is congratulated, it's just by the grace of God. Of course, it's God's grace. But say it boldly. <laughs> yes. No, say it boldly. Mm. They must know that grace is at work. Yes. It shouldn't make a humble appeal. 
They must know the grace of God is away. They must know that God's grace is able to make one powerful. God's grace is able to raise one. When you read uh, scriptures like <laughs> when you read scriptures like Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians three verse eighteen. A favorite portion of scripture for many. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. Maybe for context, let's start reading from verse 17. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17. The Bible says, Now this, the Lord is the Spirit. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And it says, And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Ah, where is the Spirit of the Lord? Where is the Spirit of the Lord? It means there's liberty. <laughs> in other words, because He's in you, you take liberty to places. <laughs> Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And because the Spirit of God is in me, and I take it on a bus, liberty has come on that bus. It can't overturn. It's been liberated from, from turning. <laughs> if a house was haunted and I go there, liberty has come upon that house. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Are you listening? Some people think that the scripture there is talking about just how about the, in a meeting the spirit of God is there and then people are now, about, are now being set free, deliver us. Now, ah, well, the spirit of God is in me. <laughs> in me, there is liberty. <laughs> when I arrive, liberty has arrived. <laughs> yeah, when I arrive, liberty has arrived. <laughs> it means if people have been bound in that place, Oh, liberty has come. <laughs> Today, scriptures be fulfilled in your hearing. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. It's been fulfilled in your hearing. So when you're casting out devils, don't be concerned about, is that okay? We go, we not go. Where the spirit of the Lord is, <laughs> there is liberty. <laughs> Praise God. We take liberty to places. But verse 18 is our focus. <clears throat> verse 18 is our focus. The Bible says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding. Ah. Beholding, that was looking. Right? <clears throat> beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God. Let's pause there. It says you are beholding in a mirror, and what you are seeing is the glory of God. Now, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? <laughs> when you look in the mirror, if you looked in the mirror today, what were you see? <laughs> I can't be looking in the mirror and I'm seeing grace. <laughs> I have to see myself, right? She can't look in the mirror and then she sees Annie. <laughs> so when the Bible says, beholding a mirror, the glory, of, the glory of God, in other words, when you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing the glory of God, what is, what is it saying? <laughs> no, what is it saying? <laughs> Think about it. You behold in a mirror. And what you are seeing is God's glory. Ah, you will stop praying for God's glory to come down. It came down a long time ago. <laughs> God's glory is in your house. <laughs> God's glory is in your house. In other words, an encounter with you should be an encounter with the glory of God. 
<laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And then it says, being transformed into the very image. It says, being transformed into the same image. It says, from glory to glory, just as the Lord, just as by the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord. It says, from, from glory to glory. Not that statement from, from grass to grace. From ashes to what? <laughs> glory to glory. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, glory to glory. My life is from glory to glory. Say it boldly. <laughs> Say, my life is from glory to glory. My life is from glory to glory. Yeah. Glory to glory. That's all I see. Glory to glory. Faith to faith. Grace to grace. Favor to favor. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. You must be bold about your declarations. Be bold. You declare, oh, the glory of God is on me. Hallelujah. <clears throat> when you read, <clears throat> sorry. When you read James 1 verse 22, so, 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 the, the word of God is a mirror. In other words, when you look in the word of God, all you should see is yourself. You should see yourself there. Praise God. You should see yourself there. Do you know one of the reasons why Jesus, one of the reasons why he had to live for those three years and do all he did? Jesus, is, Jesus came to show us what, what we ought to do. He came to give us an example of the life we ought to live. So in other words, when you read about the life of Jesus in the scriptures, we are reading about the things you are capable of doing. Are you listening? You are reading about the things you are capable of doing. So if you want to know what you are able to do, read the scriptures. So next time you tell someone, do you know who I am? Make sure I refer to the scriptures. Not just making threats from, from the flesh. You don't know me. <laughs> oh, I know you from the scripture. We don't know man after the flesh. <laughs> Praise God. We don't know man after the flesh. No matter what they have, we don't know them after the flesh. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'll close with one portion of scripture. This one, I want you to declare it over yourself over and over again. Deuteronomy chapter number 28 and verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 12 and 13. Be bold about declaring who you are. Be bold about declaring what you have. Be bold about declaring the things that God has given you. Be bold. Don't be timid. Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 12 to 13. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12 to 13. If you are there, say glory. glory. I'm not saying it loud enough. If you are there, say glory. glory. Okay. I don't know if that's the loudest you can go. We'll see. Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 12 to 13. The Bible says, The Lord will open to you his good treasure. This is God talking to you now. Someone say, that's my word. That's my word. Yeah. Imagine God is now talking to you and he's telling you these things. It says, the Lord will open to you <laughs> his, good, his good treasure. Okay. It says, the heavens. Rather, even the heavens will be opened. <laughs> I like to read it as the heavens have already opened for me. <laughs> I live under open heavens. Praise God. I live under open heavens. And then it goes on to say, to give <laughs> the rain to your land in its season. In other words, I don't, I don't, my land is never dry. Praise God. 
And then he says, and to, and to bless all the work of your hand. Ah. I don't know what, I don't know if you're, if you're receiving it the way God wants you to receive it. <laughs> He's telling you the work of your hands. <laughs> oh God. You know what this, what this means? This means you don't pray for God to bless the work of your hands. They were blessed when you started them. <laughs> oh God, even the, the things I've cooked, God blessed them. Ah, they were blessed as I was cooking. Because <laughs> my hands are blessed. <laughs> Praise God. He goes on to say, to bless the work of your hands. And they say, you shall lend. Ah. You shall lend. <laughs> you shall lend. You shall lend. Tell your neighbor, say, you shall lend. <laughs> so you shall lend to many nations. In other words, nations will be in debt to you. <laughs> so lend to many nations. And they say, and you shall, you shall not borrow. This, this is an instruction God gave me at the beginning of the year. <laughs> shall not borrow. <laughs> and I've seen it. <laughs> so you shall tell anybody, you shall not borrow. <laughs> this is what the Bible is saying. Mm-hmm. Say, you shall not borrow. Look at them and tell them, you shall not borrow. Shall not borrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's an instruction. This scripture is instructive. So you shall lend, you shall not borrow. You shall. <laughs> and then verse 13. <laughs> it says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. <laughs> the Lord will make you the what? He will make you. He has made you. The Lord has made you the head and not the tail. He's made you the head and not the tail. And do you know what, it, what this means? You see, when, when you read the scripture like this, the Bible is not talking about positions. <laughs> Forget it. In other words, you can be in a company and you have someone saying to you, it doesn't mean they're the head. Mm. The Bible says he's made you the head. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you get it. It means you don't wait for positions to act. <laughs> you don't wait for positions to receive certain things. There was someone. There's someone. There's this testimony I read. No, rather, someone. There was someone I was talking to. A certain um, dear brethren that I that I know, and she was telling me something very interesting. She has a very good job, by the way, um, at, at a bank, and she was telling me to say she was she was believing God for for a promotion to be a very senior manager at one of these top top banks in the in the land, right? And she was telling me to say she read a portion of scripture, the one I'm reading to you. Says so she's the head and not the tail. So she had declaring that she was going to get a certain position in the company. And she knew the salary that her salary was going to double if she was going to get that salary. Guess what she started doing as, a, as, a, as, 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 as an act of faith in the scripture? She started tithing according to the salary she was going to get later. Not at what she had. Within six months, she got that position. She was, she was, let me not. Okay. <laughs> the Bible has said it clearly. It says, You, you are what? You are. <laughs> See, don't wait until you start seeing results. That's what, that's what I've been telling you. Don't wait. Don't wait. Act. The results will catch up with you. <laughs> don't wait. 
He'll go to school, declare I'm the head and not the tail. And then he goes on to say, Verse <laughs> 13, right? He said, you shall, you shall be above only. Say, <laughs> so shall be above only. You shall be above only. Declare the verse says, I'm above only. I'm above only. Declare, I'm above only. Never below. Never under. I'm above only. I'm above only. In other words, even when you enter an institution, you're you you meant for the top. You may enter from beneath, but you're meant for the top. You don't see yourself from the bottom. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't move from bottom up. We enter from us. What we enter, we are above only. Ah, my business when it goes above. <laughs> Everything I do, above only. Do you believe this? Do you believe what God is telling you this afternoon? Above only. I'm above. I'm above. I'm above. I live above. I live above. Jesus was declaring, I am from above. <laughs> I am from above. He, he knew who he was. He knew where he was. Above only. You can't be from above and produce things from beneath. No, the things you produce are from above as well. The things you do are from above as well. Your thoughts are from above as well. Your results are from above as well. Someone is receiving something in their spirit as we speak. The Lord is raising you. <sighs> you are meant for the top. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm meant, for, I'm meant for the top. Declare it, I'm meant for the top. Above only. <laughs> Above only. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It says above only and not beneath. In other words, you have no business doing down there. You have no business down there. The things, the things you do have no business being down. Even on your body, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not declaring, no, I'm under the weather. You're not under the weather, above only. <laughs> There's a way we talk. <laughs> There's a way we talk. We don't wait for things. We cause the things to happen. Praise God. Yeah. We cause for, the, for things to happen. We are the signs. We are the move of God. We don't wait for the move of God. We are the move of God. Praise God. Yeah. As others are praying for revival, we bring it. <laughs> now we bring revival. <laughs> no, we bring it. We're not asking God to come and... We're not being revived. We bring it above. Praise God. Yeah. So you may enter a company and then you're, you, you start from, from below. Ah, just see yourself as above. Hmm? Praise God. Yeah. And talk like it. <laughs> talk like management. <laughs> Praise God. Talk like it. There was a time I remember I was praying for something. Um, maybe. Let me put it like this. Let me not give a personal, a, personal, a personal example. Let me give you some. If I give personal examples, people might think because you're a pastor. <laughs> There's someone that I was talking to, and they were praying for a job. Okay? Praying for a job. They were actually even sowing seeds for a job. So seeds, praying, and whatnot. And they kept applying. And they came to me and told me to say, they needed, they needed, they needed me to pray for them about it. You know what I told them? I said, the problem is that you keep seeing yourself as unemployed. 
you've not seen yourself in that office yet. If you can, I taught this in the, one of the online meetings, if you can grab something with the eyes of faith, nothing will hinder it yes. from happening. I told him, see yourself where you want to be and apply. Mm-hmm. Don't see yourself as jobless looking for a job. <laughs> Two are different levels. Mm-hmm. The person did it. Two days, that's a job. Two. No prayer. Just give him that instruction. No prayer, nothing. Just, you see, these are things, you don't see yourself at the top already. <laughs>